This is episode 55 of the Hillcrest Duo, taped live and in person in Crest Hill, Illinois, on February the 11th. I am your host, Metal John, at Metal John Radio on the Twitter universe, and along with me is Mr. Brad Risto. I am at Outsider Brad on the Twitter machine. All right, Brad. It has been a pretty, uh, pretty fun week. Last week, you know, on episode 54, we talked about some of our TV shows that uh, we're watching. Yes, and yes. this week, we're going to focus on a couple of, uh, new movie previews we've seen since the Super Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. like the Stranger Things trailer, the Iron Fist trailer, yeah. um, also, uh, Logan's new trailer mm-hmm. and, uh, some cool news for Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll talk about that. And, uh, I think we're going to open the show though. Talking about the Lego Batman movie, which just opened this weekend. Um, me and you saw it at Hollywood Boulevard in, in Woodridge on uh, Thursday night at the early old man. The, the old man midnight chilling. At 6.15. At 6.15. And uh, we saw it there. Had a few drinks while watching it. Yep. Made it a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> making words is fun. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, we had a good time. And then I saw it a second time last night. I went out to Schaumburg to go see it. Played some video games at Gameworks as well. I love Gameworks. Um, played the House of Dead 4 and I really wasn't that fan, big fan of it. House of I Dead 4. I always love those light gun games, but I like the Time Cop one where you got the pedal thing. Oh yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I think a lot of them get beat up too easily, especially like, uh, in House of the Dead 4, mm-hmm. you got to, you shake the gun to reload it. Yeah. And, you know, every time you shake it, it sounds like a rattle. Like something's broken there. Right. Like the aim is off. You can tell just people have just like dropped that gun, slammed it down, well, threw you're it. You're letting kids play it and they're going to be kids. They're going to try and be cool and they're going to break things. Yeah. Don't well, let kids play with stuff. Took my money though. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, so yeah, let's talk Lego Batman. Um, Really, really, really entertaining yes. and funny movie. Um, I gotta say, I think I laughed harder the second time seeing it than really? the first time. Mostly because you were laughing your ass off the first time. Yeah, there was. Uh, we will spoil uh, if you really even want to call it spoilers. Like, I mean, there's well, nothing. How can many spoilers can there be? I mean, this is one no. of the most. It, it's I, more I, about. I, this is a. This is obviously the only critique I'm going to be able to think of is. Because it's a kids' movie, it's straightforward, and you know exactly where it's going. There is absolutely no twists. You know what? When you first, when you see the first scene of the movie, you know exactly what's going to happen throughout the rest of the movie. You, I could have um told you. They could have paused. I'm going to say this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and every one of those things happen. Yeah, and I think with um, basically we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments of the movie, which. You know, there's some good cameos. There's a lot of puns, a lot of lot of throwbacks to all of the Batman franchises and animated series and comic books and, mm-hmm. you know, the 60s TV series. Yes. So many throwbacks. We're going to talk about some of those. So that's where I'm saying there's going to be some spoilers because we're going to ruin some things that may have yeah. been a little bit of a surprise if you're watching it. Um, <laughs> Want to talk? Yeah, pew, pew. <sighs> so funny. Anyways, uh <laughs> Uh, Will Arnett knocked it out of the park. Oh, just towing that line between the, I read this on IGN, but towing that line between the Michael Keaton Batman and an Adam West Batman, just straddling it like the Adonis he is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and the movie sort of feels like a parody too. It's a parody of, it's of the Batman universe. Yes. 
as well as being a Batman movie, which is it's strange that they were able to do that, but they knocked it out of the park. Oh, the writers put everything that you could possibly want into a franchise where you want to make fun of the franchise, but you also want to stay true to the franchise. And honor it. And honor it. And, and you want to make not only kids laugh, but you want the parents and the adults and people who grew up on Batman, people like us who really love Batman, and then, you know, even like, our parents, who yes. grew up on the 60s series, the shark repellent makes a big comeback. It yes, that, actually, Which, that'll never work. But the thing about the shark repellent is that is probably the longest running like joke of like Batman history. Yes, just the shark repellent and how Batman had it on his utility belt, and at the at the time he needed it the most when a shark was hanging onto his leg. Um, and, and the fact that they bring it up and, and even Will Arnett's Batman tells, uh, you know, tells Robin, who's, who's voiced by Michael Sarah, oh yeah, you could have that because that, we have no use for that. And they ended up having a use for it. Because mm -hmm. Jaws made a cameo. At least yeah. I think that was supposed to be Jaws. No, I'm pretty sure that was meant to be Jaws as I figured, Bruce. I figured it was either supposed to be Jaws or Sharknado. <laughs> I'm thinking Jaws. And you know what? You just touched on one of the things that I love about these Lego Batman movies is you get to have these meta jokes where your favorite hero is taking on all the best villains from different franchises. And that's what the mainly the um, uh, uh, big bad of this movie is. It's not the Joker. It's the Joker bringing in every big bad guy ever. Yeah. And uh, so what were some of your favorites talking about the villains? Talk about the people from... You know, the uh, British robots, the British robots, the Daleks from Doctor Who. Yeah, because I squeed as soon as I heard exterminate, exterminate, exterminate. Yeah. Um, when uh, people get sent to the Phantom Zone. Yeah. So this is the yeah the Phantom Zone villains. We'll talk about we'll talk about the Bat villains, the DC villains in a little bit. But talk about the Phantom Zone villains. So uh, you point out the Doctor Who. I love the Gremlins. I thought that was awesome. They had yes. Gremlins in there. Um, Wicked Witch of the West made a cameo. Mm -hmm. um, the Eye from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Sauron. Sauron. Lord, Lord Voldemort made a, a cameo. Yep. Uh, Dracula. I think mm -hmm. I saw I saw Mummy. Uh, this is a movie too that it's just now that I've seen it twice, I cannot recommend seeing this movie a second time more because when you see it a second time, you will pick up on additional puns. You will pick up on additional little. Uh, nods to the different franchises, like you'll pick up more, uh, paying cl a little bit because I feel like you'll pay closer attention the second time. Mm -hmm. And again, I think the second time is to me it was even more entertaining than the first time. Um, so I I really enjoyed that because man, the it's Phantom Zone villains, yeah, it's so good. And then they not only that, but in the very beginning of this movie, I gotta say the part that. I think I laughed the hardest, especially the second time, because I knew it was coming, is when the Joker is talking to the airplane pilot and says, the best villains in Batman history are all getting together to team up, and he just starts naming them off. And some of them are so outrageous that even the pilot looks at him and goes, are you being serious? He goes, yeah, try, try Googling them. And sure enough, he's true. And um, I found on, uh, on Yahoo a list of all of the villains that made these cameos. Um, I'll name them all, but these are all DC Universe ones, and a couple of them I'll, I'll point out their history. So you had the Calculator, mm -hmm. who was a disco-era Bat-foe. 
Um, he was in the Gotham scene in 1976. That was uh, a really weird time for Batman and for DC. Yeah. Calendar Man. Uh, well, he has a great um, story in um, uh, The Long Halloween, by the way. Yep, yeah, that's that's where he came from. Then there's Catman, who is from 1963. He mm-hmm. looked a lot like Batman, but uh, had that uh, uh, old school like Wolverine type. Type claws, right? Uh, Clayface. I mean, most people know Clayface from the animated series, but uh, he's actually has existed since 1940. Um, and Clock King. I love Clock King. And if you watched um, Arrow, you know Clock King had, had was in Arrow as well for yes. a little bit. Uh, but uh, he is a, a, a originally an enemy of Green Arrow, but uh, in the DC universe in the 60s, um, Condiment King who had a bigger role in this movie just because he was kind of like the blunt of a lot of the jokes. Yeah. And there's even the one joke where everybody's kind of naming off their skill, and he's like, I squirt ketchup. <laughs> the Condiment King was created for Batman the Animated Series in 1994. Um, so uh, he was in the Animated Series. Crazy Quilt is from 1946. Egghead, everybody knows Vincent Price from the 66 Adam West series. Yeah. But I loved how Egghead was just throwing eggs at everybody. It's like everybody was just eggs. Like, they egged the bat signal. Um, the Eraser, former classmate of Bruce Wayne uh, from 1966. Uh, Gentleman Ghost. Um, he was from 1947. Kubaki Twins, female martial art twins. They're from the 2004 animated series The Batman. Right. Did you ever watch that series, by the way? I- Nah, caught it here and there. I, I when it first came out, I was like, "Ooh, a new Batman series! I'm going to watch it." And probably after about four episodes, I was like, "I'm not going to watch it." Uh, Killer Moth introduced in 1951. Uh, King Tut. Oh yeah, remember King Tut from the '66 series? Yes. Uh, Kite Man. Suffice it to say, you, you don't need to go through them all, but no, uh, Magpie, Man Bat, March Harriet, the Mime, Mutant Leader, Orca, Polka Dot Man. Red Hood, Professor Hugo Strange, Tarantula, Zebra Man, Zodiac Master. <laughs> okay, we oh, they, right. put it, they, they, they jam-packed it with every Batman villain they could find. There you go. There's a whole bunch of them. Oh, Polka Dot Man. Just a great, great film that you kind of have to see and just enjoy it for at face value. Yeah, I mean, some of the voices, though, and this was kind of cool, is going into the movie looking at who voiced a lot of these characters before seeing it kind of it was a lot of fun. I think me and you both kind of smiled when we found out Billy D. Williams voiced Two-Face. Yes, and I have to say, um, Doug Benson, who was, when I was younger, was one of my favorite comedians, did a great just impersonation of The Dark Knight Rises Bane. Oh, yeah. Just nailed it. And did you notice that Bane, he looked like the animated series Bane, but he wore the trench coat from Dark Knight Rises Bane, and he sounded like Dark Knight Rises Bane. Um, Obviously, we talked about Will Arnett. Uh, Zach Galvanakis as the Joker. Great job. I thought he was funny. Um, A a name that we see a lot in, in comic book universe TV series, Rosario Dawson, was the voice of Batgirl. Commissioner Gordon. Or Commissioner Gordon. Slash Darn it. <laughs> Spoiler. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so seeing, hearing Rosario Dawson, who's been part of all of the Marvel Netflix series. Yes. We're going to talk about She's one in nurse. a little bit. Um, 
Ralph Fiennes at, as Alfred. Great job. Great job. Uh, did you know it was Channing Tatum was Superman? No, I did not know that, but he was awesome as it. Just completely taunting Batman the entire time. And Jonah Hill was Green Lantern as well. So, couple and of. As we are closing this out, um, uh, this discussion of it, I just want you to know one thing. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you too. Yeah, we hate each other. Oh, that scene in the oh man, some of the some of the sad Joker is the funniest Joker. Oh yeah, and, and it's so dramatic, and uh, I, I think like some of the quiet moments were really funny. I mean, the theater was laughing hysterically Jeez. last night in the second showing when Batman was just watching his lobster cook in the microwave. That went on for like. 30 seconds and it seemed like 10 minutes where he's just sitting there in silence and he's like making the noises with his mouth while he's waiting for it. Oh, Him being so an funny child to um, Alfred. Amazing. Um, in the very beginning too, like uh, the whole scene with the Joker, you know, where he named off the villains. I also so two of my favorite puns uh, probably were regarding the Joker in the beginning when the Joker's telling the pilot, you know, his plans and the pilot's like, okay, Batman's just going to stop you. He always stops you. Like what, like the time with the two boats referring to Dark Knight. Yes. And then he, and then after that, he's like, well, what about that parade with the Prince music? That was the best. <laughs> I loved part. that pun. What about oh. the parade? That wasn't a pun. That was just a callback joke. Yeah. Just directly referencing Batman 89. What about the time in the parade with the Prince music? Where he stole your balloon. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. And I, I mean, I love a lot of the 89 references. There's also the let, Let's Get Nuts mix mm-hmm. uh, that Batman had. Batman singing and, you know, he doesn't pay his taxes. Nope. Oh, good stuff. But no, anyways, overall, love the movie. A lot of fun. Just Lego, keep doing it. I love keep Lego. making some of these Lego movies. Brad, uh, as we close this out, if you could have a Lego movie made of a particular series or or anything Lego-wise that's done in the same style as this Batman Lego movie, what would it be? You see, it's just so hard to top what they've done. The first Lego movie was great. This was great. I just find it harder for them to top this. But me being a Spider-Man fan, I'll go with Spider-Man. Really? I'm going to steal your other one. I'm going to go Ghostbusters. I think a Lego Ghostbusters would be a lot of fun. That'd be fun just because too. it's comedy... And then you can kind of up it a little bit. You could kind of make fun of it, make fun of the series, make fun of the female disaster Ghostbuster movie. See, I uh, thought it was okay. I didn't yeah, think it was a disaster. I hated it. All right. So we'll wrap that That's up. That's because you're a misogynist and you hate women. That's <laughs> why you're going to be alone on a Valentine's Day. Aww. You're only going to have you and your pussy. Yeah, just me and the kitty cat. <laughs> just kidding. All right, so uh, last week was the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about some of our... Uh, Holy trail! It was a trailer's bonanza. Yeah, nobody cares about the Nobody cares about the commercials anymore in the Super Bowl. I watch the Super Bowl, and I enjoy the movie previews. Because the trailers... Well, because they're all released early, but the trailers, they actually hold on to till the Super Bowl. And, commercials, and, they will just let out beforehand. You'll see them everywhere. But trailers... <laughs> you don't see them to the Super Bowl. We we talked about it last week on episode 54. Stranger Things was going to have a trailer during the Super Bowl or a teaser. Ended up being like a 35-second uh, trailer, and I caught it right away. As soon as yeah. they showed that nostalgic ego commercial, I was like, Stranger Things, shut up! <laughs> and, and holy cow, was that awesome. 
Yeah, it d- doesn't give you much of an idea of what's going to happen this year. A lot there of chaos. Was, there was um, also, we're going to probably reference the Entertainment Weekly article that came out earlier this week that gave a bit of a rundown of things you can expect in Season 2. So credit to them for getting that exclusive information fed to them by the uh, studio. Yeah, I mean, well, the trailer seems to open up at, uh, it's like Halloween time in, yeah, in Hawkins, later, Indiana. Apparently. Yep. Yep, uh, so it's, you know, it's Halloween time in Hawking. 1984, we can assume, because they're dressed as Ghostbusters. Kids are dressed like Ghostbusters. And then all these weird visions with Will are going on. We don't know if these are things that are actually happening. We don't right. know if these are nightmares or visions. Uh, obviously, think... the show is so crazy that we could just say all of them off. <laughs> right. I think they are actually happening just based on the tagline we saw. In October, the world gets turned upside down. So I think the upside down is starting to bleed through. And I think Will might be a part cause of it, but I think he may all... Some people are speculating, at, obviously, at the end of the last season that he might be becoming the villain. I think the opposite. I think he might be the only chance that um, Hawkins will have at Salvation, personally. Just based that, on the snippets we saw. That's true, because we don't know what Eleven's fate is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think me and you are probably both in agreement that she is going to make a comeback, oh, just no because doubt. she's probably their most popular character. Yeah, she's a badass. And and it's possible that, like, maybe she can make a comeback with Will's help, or, again, like, maybe they kind of set up this whole series as Will is going to be the guy that's going to save the town, or destroy the town, and then Eleven's well, going to help. Too. Yeah, and Eleven's going to kind of show up at some point and balance things out, and hopefully save Will. And save Will, save everybody, save or save the save the cheerleader, or save Will, <laughs> or you know destroy Will and set him free so he's not a monster anymore. A blippity bloppity bloop. Bad news. We got to wait till Halloween. Yeah, that's a long time. Why are they taunting us? <sighs> but we're excited. Um, Another thing, and you blew up on Twitter about this one here. You got really excited. Iron Fist. It looks really good because this trailer had one of my favorite kind of fight scenes ever where the unassuming guy comes in and just completely pones two guys. Just, I don't want, I don't want to, boom, boom, and just throws them both down and kicks their ass, and I just love it. Finn Jones is playing Danny Rand. Uh, Finn Jones. Rand Corporation. Yep. Finn Jones really not too much of a, a household name. He he was in Game of Thrones for a little bit. He, pay, he played one of the Tyrells. He had a couple of stints on various TV shows, some small time movie stuff. But you know, I'm watching this trailer, and you know what kind of vibes I'm getting from him. What? I I I'm he, he's he's kind of reminding me a little bit of man. I'm I'm drawing a blank. But you said it will remind you. Who? Surfer guy? I don't know what. Um I I would say he's he's like almost a borderline of uh, man, I almost want to say like Daredevil, like Matt Murdock, but well, they're similar. He, they're, they're similar, but they're a little different. So he has no problems um obviously fighting in the day and being who he is. Very true. So we'll, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited, excited about, it. about I, I, it. I mean, I realized it was just a teaser, but they gave you a lot in that teaser trailer to yeah. get excited about. Yeah, you're going to see that good of people... balance of comedy and, and action. That's well, what's cool about it. Because he's a more lighthearted character than... You know, he's um, probably very comparable to, like, a Star-Lord. Yes. Where he's, like, funny but serious at the same time. Yes. I mean, and one thing that also really makes me look forward to is the Defenders. 
for when he, he and uh, Luke Cage meet up and start their bromance, and then we can get Heroes for Hire. Absolutely. The Heroes for Hire series is what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, just another tie-in, and uh, not a doubt in my mind that this is going to be another home run for Marvel and Netflix because, let's face it, none of their series like have Some failed. Some people didn't like um, uh, Luke Cage, but forget them. They're stupid. Uh, well, I mean, Luke Cage crossed a line that no other superhero stuff has ever crossed before. They yeah. kind of went into that like they, urban. They made people y- uncomfortable. Yeah, but I loved it. Oh, I, I loved it was great. It. Great getting that like a different take on. I still say my favorite um, part of that series was in episode three where Luke Cage is out there doing work for the people who know that he is the community's hero. That's still my favorite montage in the entire Netflix universe, in the entire Marvel universe. Yep. And uh, we'll, we'll stick with Marvel. we got a couple more Marvel stories for you. So uh, Marvel came out this week. Yeah, so Logan. we got a new trailer for Logan. Logan, uh, and you didn't get much, did you? No, but um, I, I actually talked to my friend last night uh, when we were seeing Lego, and interesting question came up. Mm-hmm. Does Logan die at the end of this movie? Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you have the new the person uh, the character who is the all new Wolverine in the comic books, and what's his face is getting older. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman is getting older. He d- might not have the um, uh, drive to be Logan anymore. So this would be a good time to kill him off and introduce the new Wolverine, Laura Kinney. Perfect timing too, because you're you're making this an R rated movie. Um, it looks dark and gritty, and I feel like this is the perfect time to kill off Logan because if you make this a badass movie with no reservations, no nothing. I mean, with rated R, you're not holding anything back. So, what better way to have to send off Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Pay tribute to all of his movies, all of. Everything he's done for the franchise and for the character. What mm-hmm. better way to send him off than with like a badass R-rated ending movie where he's training his replacement, and I, I think it'd be a perfect ending for for I, for them to finally kill him off. I agree. I think it, this is the the end for him because everyone knows what his contract situation in this um, regard. I just think this is the end, and I think he's going to get the send off he deserves for. I got my fingers crossed for it because, I mean, a lot of these Wolverine solo movies were not that good. Because, quite frankly, whatever you say about the X-Men movies and um, Hugh Jackman as Logan as Wolverine, the X-Men movie did pretty much save the idea of superhero movies. Agree. I realize a lot of people want to give that credit to Iron Man, but X-Men came out. It was a huge box office hit. Iron Man gets credit for being, and Bat- the Batman movies get credit for um, uh, proving that you can actually tell good stories and actually put good movies, not just box office cash-ins. Yep. And uh, moving on, n- more Marvel news. This is cool news, news that just came out this morning regarding Guardians of the Galaxy releases. We saw their trailer during the Super Bowl again. Yeah, awesome trailer. I mean, that, that, that movie's like, I told you before, I had a little... My reservation is maybe there's going to be too much group baby group baby group, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. Some news came out this morning that Guardians of the Galaxy scored a very rare 100 perfect score in test screenings. One double zero. And uh, I read this on the Hollywood Reporter. And just to kind of give you some comparison, 
well, first of all, this is the highest rating for a Marvel movie. Uh, Deadpool scored a 96. And we all know how much we love Deadpool. But just looking at some other non-comic book movies that did um, uh, test screenings, like the movie Argo, great movie, Ben Affleck. Yeah. That scored in the, in the mid-90s. Nice. Forrest Gump scored an 88. Well, not all. They can't. And Black Swan, Oscar-winning, you know, psychological thriller, scored a 55. A lot of horror movies score really low because obviously horror movies have a niche audience. Comic book movies, I feel like, have a niche audience as well. However, the big part of their fan base is just that casual viewer. Yes. That's what puts them over the top at the box office, especially with the Marvel movies. Because you got your you got your comic book guys like me and you. We're going to go see everything regardless of how bad or how good it looks. But when other people are just like kind of rallying around the cast and, and the setting, like the, the group baby group stuff is t- bringing in kids and well, girls and everything. Okay, so and, two things. It's either a really, really good movie or people really – Really, really love themselves some baby Groot. Yeah, that, that's the worst. But it scored a perfect 100, you know. Baby the, Groot is the best. 100. So that means, I mean, this is probably just a very, I mean, you could just tell from the preview, like the editing's going to be cool, the comedy's going to be funny, the yep. soundtrack's going to be awesome. Like there's a, you could tell just from the trailer, it's going to be an entertaining movie, regardless of how you, how much you like it at the end, you're at least going to be entertained all the way until the credits. Are you not entertained? Yeah. Are you not entertained? But that's pretty awesome for them to score a perfect 100 in test screenings. I can't wait. I mean, there are so many good movies coming out and I suppose we should transition to one that you mentioned niche markets. This one is really a niche market and if you're not interested in it, we apologize. This one is probably more for us than anyone else, but it's got a huge, actually, dedicated fan base. Yep. Big social media fan base. Yes. And th- that is, of course... Goon! Two! Last of the Enforcers! Yes. If you didn't see the first Goon movie, it's about Sean William Scott from American Pie. He played Stifler. He is a hockey enforcer. This movie's based on a true story. Hockey enforcer, all he does is go out there, and he is a goon. He just fights and bullies people, and... So William Scott, very funny guy, and and he kind of brings that American Pie Stifler type attitude, He's, humor to it, and then at but the a same bit more whole, um, uh, pure hearted than Stifler being the playboy d bag yeah. of the group. Yeah, exactly. Because he's a because ni- his character in this is a really nice guy who just happens to be really really good at fighting. Yep. And Last of the Enforcers, it sounds like uh, based on the title and from the preview, you can see that. The sequel is going to kind of amp up the violence a little bit, but at the same yes. time, they're going to play with that storyline of how fighting is trying to be taken out of hockey and how, like, the enforcers are, are sort of becoming yesterday's news a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to change his fighting style to fight a new villain. That's... Well, it, it looks like there's a couple of things happening because I saw two trailers. One showed him uh, um, uh, pr- looking like he gave up hockey and going to work in corporate America and then coming back to hockey. So I'm not sure what I'm expecting from this one because there's – the trailer was a little incoherent, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the story actually is. But he goes back um, to hockey at any point, it looks like, to meet Ray, the guy he fought last time. Yep. To get um, tips to take out another one as he returns to the Highlanders. Yeah. And, and it looks like he makes it to the big leagues as well at some point uh, between uh, the last movie and this movie. Yep. Uh, Leah Schreiber is going to be in this movie. Uh, TJ Miller, uh, who's a you know, really funny guy. Uh, if you watch some of the HBO shows he's been a part of, um, 
I, I'm I'm looking forward to this one too. I I, I don't know if it's going to have a wide theater release. It might it's just be one out of those on March 17th. By the way, is yeah, its release date. but it's but I think it's going to be one of those releases that's not going to be wide release every theater. Um, we're kind of spoiled in the Chicagoland area where people probably be playing in one or two theaters in downtown and then three or four out in the suburbs. My fingers are crossed that it's going to be at the Hollywood Boulevard, though. Fingers crossed because this, for those of you that don't know it, you, I'm sure you have these theaters around you. It's one of those ones where you can drink and watch movie theaters. This is the perfect movie for that kind of venue. Yeah, I still... My bucket list, i got to get down to Texas and go to the Alamo Draft House. I've been wanting to go there for a movie. I actually have been thinking about going down there for a weekend and just seeing movies uh, because they do a lot of special nostalgic right. throwback. You know, We're going to put the big Lebowski on the big screen and half-price white Russians and you know have a sing-along or like you know a quotable you know thing. Uh, I mean, they do all these. They do. They do all these weird things with. What's? I mean, I I always look at their website and reading their Twitter and stuff. They always do a lot of stuff, and they're really strict on their policies. I have a friend of mine who just moved to Texas not too long ago, who also was like, "Oh, I really want to go to the draft house." He went to the draft house and he called me and was like, "I hated it." I was like, "What happened?" He goes, "I got there. Um, The movie like started at eight o'clock. He got there and tried to buy a ticket at eight o five, and they told him no." They said we do not sell tickets once the movie starts. That makes sense. And they don't let because they don't let people go in late. That's fine. And uh, they're very strict on phones. If you got your phone out, they will ask you to put it away. If you don't put it away, you're out. So it's like hey, you get a put chance. your put, put your phone away. No, get out. I, it's awesome. Like they're really strict on this stuff. Like you they, put in your phone out. They they take movie watching very, very passionately, and I appreciate that. And because of that, I want to go give them my money right now. Let's go. All right. First well, flight. Off <laughs> to Midway. All right. Well, that'll do it for episode 55 of the Hillcrest Duo. Coming up on our next episode, we're going to get back into TV because guess what? Walking Dead starts tomorrow. Ooh. It just sounded like Oprah. You yeah. get a car. You get a car. You Everybody get the one. You, you get Walking Dead. You get Walking Dead. You get Lucille. Oh. Don't. Oh. Why'd you point at me for that one? <laughs> uh, oh, off. quick request as we, uh, or quick thought before we leave. Any predictions for episode, for the first episode of The Walking Dead as it makes us a return? Uh, will we see a death? Will we see a big action scene? Or is this going to be sort of just like a catch-up? I think this will be a catch-up as he starts to build his team. All right. I'm hoping we get some badass Negan stuff. I want to see Negan be a badass some more. I love badass Negan. All right. That'll do it for the Hillcrest Duo. That is Brad Risto. He is at... At Outsider Brad on Twitter. I am Metal John at Metal John Radio on Twitter. This has been episode 55 of the Hillcrest Duo. We'll see you next week with episode 56.